Well, it's official. Sharks territory. We finally have a conclusion, or perhaps the beginning of a new story, right? A new saga. But in terms of uh, the story for Sharks territory, it's now officially over. Evander Kane has signed with another club. Obviously, he's been officially over since his contract was terminated, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we now live in a world where Evander Kane will be dressing against, dressing against, playing against the San Jose Sharks. Not for them. Not even for their minor league squad. But playing against them. And if the gentleman who kind of leads the rumors or the details... The locker room report, so to speak. The GM talks. If the same source is correct as he was on point with this signing with the Vander Kane and the Edmonton Oilers, then it may be a matter of time before Martin Jones is over there next. Very interesting details were dropped in the Vander Kane's kind of, you know, tell-all interview with TSN. His version of the truth. I don't mean version. I guess his side of the story is a better way of saying it. And he he did drop some interesting details about the organization, the Sounds of Sharks room, and what goes the Sounds of Sharks franchise, and what goes on in the building. Uh, specifically speaking of the power play coach that has um, since stepped down after the NHL did their league wide uh, mandate, or pardon me, their league their league wide protocol. To make every coach um, or anyone around the players be vaccinated. Obviously, there's an exception of uh, players out there who are playing. I believe Tyler Bertuzzi is one of them who are completely uninoculated. But Rocky Thompson stepped down. He had a pre existing condition that prevented him from getting it. However, <clears throat> that just has to also be the guy who Evander Kane um, claimed that challenged him to a fight. But yeah, according to him, he was in a power play unit meeting and there came some different disagreement between the power play coach and Evander Kane. Uh, the coach left the room, came back with his t-shirt off, kind of flexing, literally challenging Kane to a fight um, in his version. In his story, essentially it was perceived as a joke. There is no serious to it, no seriousness into it at all. But um, apparently, whatever had occurred or went down in there was enough for what he claims somebody that was in that locker room pretty much went to the press about it and spun it to whatever it is that he felt kind of unraveled during the offseason. The Mercury News confirmed, I think, um, today that Couture and Hurdle were not part of that meeting. So, you know, for those of you out there who want to cite... Some of the stories about Tomas Hurdle and Vander Kane being at odds with each other. Well, obviously they weren't involved in that incident, but who knows, right? So yeah, it's, it's very interesting, very interesting um, tell. You know, he kind of reminisces about some of the times that he was chilling with Jumbo and spoke of how about Jumbo, uh, Joe Thornton was one of the first to reach out to him after his uh, contract was terminated. So, you know, very interesting stuff, but yeah, it's kind of kind of strange to think and you know we kind of touched this on some of the other podcasts uh, previous episodes but it's kind of strange to think of the two players who were exiled out of San Jose that being Martin Jones and Evander Kane 
are now potentially um, going to be playing against us in our division during the time where, you know, we are trying to hang on to that final spot in the wild card uh, race in the Western Conference. If the playoffs were to end today, we obviously would not get that spot. Right now, we are technically tied for fourth place in the Pacific with the Calgary Flames, yet they have about four games on us. So if that was to go down to... If the season were to end today, then the tiebreaker would go to Calgary because they have earned the same amount of points as we have in fewer games. Um, I think when you even look down to it in general, like the wild card race in general, we, we're probably like fourth in line. But the uh, the distance between the wild card spot and not making the postseason is it, it's, it's very thin, very thin. So, you know, as they say, you know, you're telling me there's still a chance. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, the Sharks were electrocuted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it was one of the last games we previewed, I believe, in the last podcast. Well, they were electrocuted 7-1. The back-to-back Stanley Cup champions came to the tank and put on a clinic. They put on a clinic. It was kind of like, you know... In my opinion, you know, it was kind of like, whoa, like this is what this is what it needs or this is what it means to be, you know, um, cup contender. Like this is this is championship level hockey here. And it was kind of like, wow, like the Sharks looked out of place for sure. It didn't help that Eric Carlson got injured. We'll cover that in a minute and was unavailable for the game. But yeah, um, thank goodness the Sharks rebounded in Washington. Um, in the 18 games that were played in Capital One Arena in the nation's capital, the Sharks are 14-3-1 against the Caps. So I was confident in their ability to go into Ovechkin's barn and win the game. James Reimer's first game back, he was solid. He made over 30 saves. I think it was 32 saves on 33 shots for .97 Zero a save percentage, so he was solid. Um, a couple guys broke the Schneid, Dolan. Uh, it's nice to hear the rookie's name get mentioned when you're talking about scoring goals. So you know, overall, you know the Sharks are again, you know, they're they're they're, uh, they're topsy turvy, man. They're they're up and down. Like, it's really hard to put like your finger on the identity of these guys. Uh, the only thing I know is hopefully they are still interested in making the playoffs. I know that sounds a little redundant to say, but, you know, sometimes the hockey that they play seems uninspiring. Sometimes it seems like, you know, they're just going through the motion. You know, perhaps they wanted to watch the game when they had to go and play at the tank. <laughs> the other game for the other sport and the other team. But anyways, we'll... uh We'll not talk about that game. But boy, are we excited in the Bay Area. Uh, some other some other news worth mentioning that went down the last week. Uh, it was Sharky's birthday. Happy birthday, Sharky. That's today, uh, January 28th. And Radim Shimik becomes a father. Sunday, January 24th, he shared on Instagram that he and his wife welcomed a new baby girl into the world. This is Radim's first child, so congrats. 
And, uh, you know, stars of the week, Timo Meyer and Tristan Robbins were named the NHL and the WHL stars of the week. Uh, Timo Meyer was the third star for the National Hockey League. Uh, he was he earned the recognition with his six goals in three games. Obviously, five of them came when he set a franchise record. Uh, Tristan Robbins, on the other hand, he's one of our prospects. He registered eight points in three games. And uh, at the time of the award, he moved into the scoring lead with 13 points for the um, WHL. <clears throat> so, yeah, Eric Carlson is injured. That was kind of like a weird back and forth, too, just like our season. It was reported that he had suffered an upper body injury, and then it was reported that he was going to meet with medical experts with doctors and that surgery was not ruled out but he's not going to make the road trip with the team and then Monday morning the Sharks released a statement that he underwent successful uh, left forearm surgery to repair a muscle tear and um, he's expected to uh, be out until at least mid-March I heard Bob Boogner whether it's a Freudian slip or not say the end of March that sounds kind of more on pace to me. The guy had surgery in his forearm. If he's going to be coming back, if he comes back by mid-March or the end of March, not see what what much of the difference is there when the season's over, like early April. Um, Bob Bugner says that he's a quick healer and that they're thankful for the kind of um, the break in the schedule. You know, just like how the amount of time it took from the Capitals game until, you know, the Florida Panthers game where the Sharks take on Joe Thornton, as long as they don't scratch him. <laughs> Anyways, um, but the, um, yeah, the Carlson injury, like the timing of it's horrible. And, yeah, I just honestly, I was not expecting to hear surgery. Like that kind of throws me off guard because this to me is like reminiscent of when he broke his thumb. A couple of seasons back, it happened around the same time this year. It happened in February, and he ended up missing the rest of the season. So, you know, I was interested. I, I had to look. You know, I was a firm believer in Eric Carlson. I know much of you out there um, probably hold on to the fact when he was first injured in his first season with us, and it just happened to have him um, missing Game six against the St. Louis Blues in the Western Conference Finals. Sharks end up losing that game without the Norris Trophy defenseman. And, um, you know, maybe some of you are holding on to that. But, hey, you know, I think he's one of the more, you know, premier athletes. One of the more, you know, top defensemen in the league. Whether or not he could be that, the Sharks is now a question, in my opinion. And for me, the first se the first season he was with San Jose, fifty three games, okay. But Western Conference Finals, so you figure, okay, um, maybe you don't put that on you know on the scales when you're weighing in on whether or not you know he's been you know a positive for the Sharks, whether or not you know how much you out there like to complain about the contracts and the amount the length and the salary cap hit and whether or not that that player is worth said contract i guarantee you i assure you that eric carlson is worth every cent of that contract 
<laughs> you know, whether or not he'll live up to, uh, you know, live up to those salaries that, you know, those salary, ex- the expectations that come to salary, pardon me, you know, now that right there is anyone's guess. Because I figured the last two seasons, you could kind of put those on a shelf as well, being super lenient when it comes to Eric Carlson, right? Um, but, you know, the last two seasons, the guy was never um, given another, you know, the pandemic, it closed the seasons uh, super early or, you know, trimmed them down. Not to say that it made his seasons any less shorter because he was injured in every one of those as well. So that's the point I'm trying to get at. Um, I was interested in seeing this, right? Because now this is the fourth year in a row that Eric Carlson has sustained an injury with the San Jose Sharks. Um, So ever since we've got this guy, he's been injured every year. He hasn't played 82 games with the team at all. We got him on the trade. Okay. He, He was hurt. 29 games his first year or four years ago. Okay, in the last four years, which is every year with a shark, um, since he came from Ottawa, okay, he um, he missed 29 games in 2018-2019 because of two groin injuries. So the first occurred, 29 games of the season's missed. The second was in the playoffs, as I just previously mentioned, against the Blues. The following season, which I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, about when he broke his thumb, that happened in 2019-2020. Of course, the season, the pandemic shut down the season for everybody about March, so it is what it is. And then last season, it was like, what, 56 games, not even a complete 82 games. It was like pure divisional base, like just roulette, right, or just spinning around the surf, just, you know, same teams over and over and over. a better version of the bubble hockey that they had in 2020, but still, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it wasn't a full season, but he still had another groin injury. Uh, so this was the year for me. This was the year to really evaluate every San Jose Sharks uh, player and contract for those who are out there talking about time to rebuild, time to reset, whatever it is you want to use, whatever term. Uh, point being is that this was the year to evaluate it because now we have a legitimate full 82-game season we're playing hockey from September all the way until April. The Stanley Cup will be awarded sometime in June. We're back to, you know, legitimate National Hockey League, you know, premier competition. And now that he's out with the injury, and not that it matters too much because, you know, the Sharks in general, they're not playing. I mean, Lightning showed us what we all need to know, right? But um, <clears throat> point I'm trying to get at is, I'm a little disappointed. This would have been a year to really like you know, um, and he was having a great year too. Eric Carlson was having one of his best seasons, but it just seems like the guy cannot cannot stay healthy. And now I think more than ever you're gonna start getting Sharks fans who are gonna start you know questioning whether or not you know the Carlson deal is um like worth hanging on to or you know worth um continuing most of you out there were saying that for a minute i get it but um that kind of was reminiscent to ring the bells with like the martin jones stuff or the evander kane stuff or anybody that has a big time contract you know what i'm saying um i just mentioned a few podcasts ago that if you're 25 or older and you have a multi-million dollar deal or you're due for a multi-million dollar re-signing contract you're not safe in san jose especially if they want to rebuild um 
so yeah the um the whole eric carlson thing is not surprising to say the least and it just makes you wonder like what what are what are the sharks going to do with him now i know it sounds nuts right but like Tomas Hurdle still hasn't been re-signed. Timo Meyer's stock is rising every game he plays. He's due for a contract signing next year. I've seen some ridiculous number about him being like appraised to be like double-digit millions. Tomas Hurdle is starting at like eight million, most likely higher. Okay, but I'm telling you, Meyer, in my opinion, Timo Meyer is not going to get the double-digit millions, and he's not going to get it from the Sharks. You know what I'm saying? I can see him being like seven, eight million tops, maybe nine. Um, if the Sharks don't have anybody else, and he's like the the last winger remaining. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll see where this goes with a with a um, Carlson injured, you know, um, and then the Sharks' lack of depth scoring, as people like to say it. Here. Here's my thing when when people talk about depth scoring. Now, now first let me quote Curtis Brown. He says it doesn't matter what the line combination is, you know, whatever it is, who we put together, how many points that said players on a line have produced while they're with each other. You know, he mentioned like you know just the overall compete and like levels in San Jose need to be higher, and I agree with that. You know, what I'm saying like you could try to find perfect, you know, you could try to find perfect chemistry, you could try to find, you know the the strongest line you have to be you know the leaders which right now is obviously Hurdle Meyer in the Bear Bonoff line, Couture being a second line center kind of makes no sense to me but hey I'm not the coach. Um, the way I see it is if Hurdle and Meyer are these outstanding players which they've shown to be this season, there are two leading guys, then they should be able to carry their own weight on on any other line. Some of you might be like hey don't ruin that, you know that's like the only line we have with chemistry. But what I'm saying is if these guys are like, you know, Timo Meyer, the all-star, and Tomas Hurdle, the, the um, you know, the, the blockbuster trade deal that may be on their horizon, if, if those are the caliber players that they are, then they should be able to play on the wing on their own line. You know what I'm saying? Switch it up a little bit. That's just my opinion. But, hey, I'm just a couch coach, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not an NHL head coach. I'm just saying what I think you know, could help with the production of the death scoring, you know, everyone else that's not on line one, apparently, with the Sharks. Uh, but here's my thing, too. You can't complain about death scoring when you have your best players, like, halfway across the world. Okay? I mean, I, I'm, I, I haven't looked for a minute, but the last time I looked... William Eklund still had more points this season than some of our guys that played more games than him. I got to double-check that, what it looks like now. But, um, yeah, you can't talk about depth scoring and then you send, like, you know, your talented players or your, your best prospects are playing in different leagues. Obviously, you know, I, I'm not too sure. You know, some people say it's best for business, best for development. I get it. You know, sending them over there extends the uh, the RFA that we have to give. You know, what I mean, extends um, extends his contract as an RFA, so we get about an extra year to have a qualifying offer. I get that, and I understand. You know, 
not wanting to put him in the league right away. He might be skating around the target on his back or whatever, but so is every other pro-level player, right? Come on. You're telling me that when we played Alexander Ovechkin that players weren't dialed into him? Of course they are. And if that's what Willem Eklund is supposed to be for us, then I don't understand what he's doing halfway across the world. And then people here want to cry about death scoring. Anyways. Uh, As of January 28th, 2022, Money Puck reports that the Sharks' odds of making the Stanley Cup playoffs are 22.2%. So Money Puck, if you're not aware, it's this webpage that reports playoff probability um, using the data or the results from its 100,000 NHL season simulations. <laughs> it's it's like for those of you out there who play like um, who play NHL 20, uh, you know, EA Sports NHL video game franchise. And, you know, you know how you get like the 25 years to do your franchise and you can simulate through 25 years. Well, you know, these guys do it 100,000 times. Same season, 100,000 times. Um, so for those of you who are wondering right now, as of today, the time of this podcast, uh, or the date of this podcast being January 28th, the Florida Panthers have the best odds of winning the cup right after, uh, the Tampa Bay lightning, the Colorado avalanche and the Carolina hurricanes. Uh, just a few days ago, it was pretty much Tampa Bay in Florida. Obviously, these um, odds change. They're live, so they change uh, daily. But I just pointed that out to let you know that the Sharks are in for another tough, um, you know, Florida team. Both teams in Florida are, um, you know, predicted to be cup contenders. You know, the uh, Eastern Conference um, finals might come down to both Florida clubs, but we'll see. So all that's all that's a preview of the next game, right? Uh, sounds like Sharks are going to play Joe Thornton for the first time this season, unless his team uh, wants to hate and scratch him. <laughs> uh, you know, healthy scratch. But um, Joe Thornton will be playing with the Florida Panthers against the Sounds like Sharks. Yeah, it's the first time Joe Thornton's going to play his old club since joining Florida. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I really am. I'm pretty sure it's going to make for some good candid moments, some good social media posting, just like when Pavelski met um, Thornton just a couple of weeks ago. You know, everyone's talking about that. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see, you know, the big cat go against his uh, old squad. Well, that's pretty much all I have for you tonight. Uh, thank you for joining me. For the Shark City Podcast, don't forget to uh, check out our webpage. It's pretty much Sharks fandom, uh, parody videos, highlights, uh, fan-based opinions, um, 24-7 radio, or 24-7 music, and 24-7 hockey. I also just want to mention this one more time. Uh, Use our SpeakPipe podcast messaging service. It's absolutely free. doesn't cost. doesn't charge. Uh, it doesn't cost to call us. It's pretty much all done online. Speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. 
you have up to five minutes to leave your message. You can ask us a question or you could give your take or just rant about Sharks Hockey. Uh, we'll be having topics, discussion topics on our Instagram page. And um, you can find that at Shark City Hockey as well as our Twitter page, same username. Uh, we'll utilize twi- Twitter for live in-game or for live game day interaction as well as um, you know sharing our thoughts and highlights for the Sharks game. Our Instagram is kind of our collection. It's kind of our gallery. And our Facebook page with more than 1,200 followers. We are growing. Very proud of growing this page. Um, we started right the year after they started missing the playoffs. And then seasons were being canceled. And seasons were being cut short. And we still thrived. So, uh, you know, join the party, so to speak. Uh, it's all Sharks fan fandom fan base material and we're excited to bring it to you uh so i'm aaron james thank you for joining me tonight for this podcast of whether whether you're listening on youtube facebook instagram or twitch everyone have a good night enjoy the weekend and we'll probably get back together if not in the next couple of days uh, we'll see you after the week or we could talk again after the weekend all right everyone have a good night